Hi everybody, the George Wilder. Hi everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Freedom. This is what I call freedom. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. 
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, folks. We are finally on the air. We were thrown off yesterday, so if you called into the show, or you uh... okay? Uh... All right, you're a clip. All right, <laughs> if you called into the show, if you're expecting me to be on the air, we were not. Uh, we were having computer problems. It happens sometimes three or four times a month. Maybe not that many, but uh, I'm just being facetious. But we were off the air yesterday, and uh, I was working feverishly trying to get on, but somehow uh, the connection wasn't quite down. It was just so it was too slow. You know so, how sometimes it's the, your connection is too slow and it takes three hours to load a page. Uh, that's the way it was for the show ye uh, yesterday. So, I mean, anytime the show is not on the air live, you can always podcast a show of uh, two or three days earlier. Uh, those shows are just as good as anything live, anything else I've done. So, uh, but we are on four days a week. Make no doubt about it. If I'm not here, if the show is not on four days a week, we're it's either a holiday or it's a day off <laughs> or the computer has melted down on me. And uh, so, you know, we're back on the air today. And my guest is Tarita, Tarita Buchanan. And uh, hopefully we can get through this show without the computer blacking out on me. I mean, it happens. It, it happens. It happens to the best of us. And uh, like it's raining in Chicago right now. It's raining. I'm looking at the rain coming down uh, from out of my studio here on uh, the north side of the city near the near the beautiful and gorgeous uh, Lake Michigan, and uh, it's raining. It's raining, but you know I'm not. We're not actually too um, too in the dumps about it because it, this has been a great city. I mean, a great summer in the city of Chicago. It it, it really has. And um, a little rain is not going to hurt anything. Maybe we need rain. I mean, for the flowers, the trees, and you know other things to grow and to be and to be nurtured. Uh, maybe we need the rain. A lot of people would argue that we need the rain, especially the weather people. <laughs> All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we're sorry as hell about that mishap yesterday. Uh, you know, and they happen. I mean, they can happen. Uh, you know, I could I could think that I'm on the air, and I'm talking my ass off, and nothing. You know, <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes. You know. And uh, we're talking our butts off, and all of a sudden, I, it, this has happened. You know, I mean, it it happens. Anytime you're on the computer and you have bad weather, thunder, lightning, and all this kind of thing, somebody bumping into the mic or something, <laughs> and, and uh, it happens. But uh, like I said before, we've done almost uh, 400 shows so far. And uh, you know, if I'm not on the air, just go and podcast one of those 400 shows. Just pick out the best one you want to hear. And, uh, hey, go for it, you know, just because the George Wilder Jr. show isn't on live because of some difficulty or some technical difficulty doesn't mean that you cannot enjoy another show uh, that's podcasted and recorded. And, but because that's why the web page is here is for you to enjoy uh, the past shows. That's what it's all about. And uh, so, <laughs> this is a live show you're listening to now. This is very, very live. But after the show is done and it's processed, it will go into a podcast mode. It will be there for you to listen to a hundred times if you want to. Right there on my website, Blog Talk Radio slash George Wilder Jr. 
I think that's the first time I've ever used that because <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming people go are know and and uh, uh, I do advertise the show to guests, you know, and they're there before they decide if they want to be on the show. They're going to most of the guests before they decide to be on the show, they're going to check out a, a podcast or a radio show from the past and decide if they want to be on the show or not, which is fine. I mean, I get just as many people who want to be on the show as I probably get just as many people who do not want to be on the show. And that's fine. I, I, you want to be on the show, you can be on the show. If you don't want to be on the show, you don't have to be on the show. If you want to call in and, and, and talk about this or that, you can. If you don't want to call in to talk about this or that, that's fine. It's, it's, it's totally up to you. You know, because <laughs> I'm going to do the show regardless. I'm going to be here regardless. If there's some things about the show you don't like, I would just love feedback. You know, uh, there are people who, <laughs> but, you know, most people who have given me feedback on this show in the past, it, it has been constructive feedback. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it has been constructive. You know, I've had, I've, I haven't had too many people or anybody actually to say something really negative about the George Wilder Jr. show, you know, but, you know, that's, you know, could we could remain to be seen as the show goes on, you know, but so far I haven't had any really negative vibes about the show. There's only one thing that I can remember about the show. I think maybe one, a year or so ago, some guy called in, he wasn't a guest. He just was, he, I'm assuming he, he was just a caller to call in and chat a little bit about whatever he wanted to talk about. And this guy I think I've I've had two or three people do that, you know, call into the show and just started. You know, Hi, Mr. Wilder. Uh, my mother listens to your show. She just loves your show. And then he starts using all kinds of profanity, you know, and I'm, you know, <laughs> cursing all on the show. Uh, I had to cut him off quick because I was caught off guard. I I barely screen people when they call into the show. I don't screen them. I just let them on. And uh, a lot of talk shows don't do that. They'll screen you first to find out what the hell you're going to be talking about to find out if you are a nutcase or not before they decide to bring you on the air. I don't do that. I just, if you decide you want to be a guest on a show you, or you're just a caller from somewhere around the world, I'll let you on the show. But if you start being disrespectful, if you start being vulgar, using bad words, I got a knob here where I can just cut you right off. So, you know, that's it. So you said a bad word. I mean, you know, that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not the end of the world for the George Wilder Jr. show because sometimes I use bad words. And, uh, you know, so, but, you know, this is a fun show. It's a great show. I've been doing it for almost three years. Um, actually, this August, I've been doing it not almost three years, but three years. And I've had a lot of fun, folks. I've, I've had a great time doing the show. I just love doing it. I love being on the air. Sometimes when I'm off the air, I'm, I'm wishing that I was on the air because we're just on four days a week, just four days a week, Monday through Thursday. And during the weekend, I'm usually out running errands or we're, uh, uh, or I'm writing, you know, I have to, I, I write, I'm a writer, I'm a fictional writer. Some people say, George, why do you write that junk? And, well, I don't think it's junk. <laughs> you know, I think it's therapeutic actually. 
and uh, it's fun. It, it's interesting, and there's always uh, a great story to be had in anything that I write. I, I write fiction. I, 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 I've been asked if I'm if I should probably write a political book because I'm doing a lot of political the, the po political things and stuff like that. And I said no. I'm not going to do any political book. I'm not going to write about anything that's political that's going on today. Not a book. Not in a book form. I'm not going to spend two or three years writing about this, writing about what's happening today. You know, I mean, because there's too many other people out there that's doing it. I mean, I, they don't need my input. They can do this crap better than I can. They can write polit uh, these political books uh, uh, better than I can. I, I don't want to do them. It's too serious. It's too heartbreaking. It's too, uh, it's too uh, it, it will be too time consuming for me to write about something that we already know about. I would just be giving my opinions. So I don't want to do anything political in terms of writing and getting that writing published. No, 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 no. There's too many people out there that's doing this right now. I don't think they need my input. I don't want to write a book that's not going to sell, you know, because, because there are so many other people doing the same thing. So many authors doing the same thing. There's too much competition out there when you're writing something that's political. But I would, you know, one of the things about me, I think that would probably get me over is that I, I speak my mind. I'm like Anna Navarro. I speak my mind. I say what I want, how I say it, when I say it. If people don't like it, they just don't like it. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to speak what I believe, but I'm not going to speak, speak, say anything that I haven't researched already or haven't figured out for myself to be true. There is no fake news on the George Wilder Jr. show. There is no hate to be found on the George Wilder Jr. show. And that goes for anybody. I mean, if you have hate in your heart, don't even listen to this show. If you have if you have hate in your heart, please don't even tell anybody that you know of me. You know, because that's what th this show is not about hate. This show is about bringing people together. This show is about um making the world a better place. Jimmy Fallon the other night, I mean, he gave a heartfelt plea for um, the racism that that had taken place over the weekend in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. And now we all know for a fact, I mean, it's been confirmed. We've, we've known it for a long time, but it's been confirmed. Donald Trump is a racist, a bigot, and a Nazi... Uh, Simplifies. Uh, what is that word? Simplifier. Okay. And uh, that is been proven by himself. You know, this guy is unfit for office. The Republicans are saying the same thing. They're upset with him. They're always saying that they're upset with him. The Republicans in Congress are always saying they're upset with Donald Trump. But yet they they do not do anything. They all they know what Donald Trump is like. They know what he's gonna be like. But they are upset. They're pissed off that he went back on his word. They're pissed. <laughs> you can't believe a damn thing that's coming out of Donald Trump's mouth. Not a word. He is so dishonest. He is so unfair. He is such a pathological liar. He is such a fool. He is such an idiot. And we've got this man in office. 
And he, if anybody deserves to be kicked out on their ass, it's Donald Trump. But the Republicans will not do it. They will say he is crazy as a loon. We don't like him. He's, he's, he's bringing the country down. But they will not do anything about it. He's given them so much evidence, so much proof beyond our wildest dreams, he's given them so much proof that he is totally, totally unfit to be president of the United States. And yet the Republicans who are in control of everything, they will not do a damn thing. A damn thing. And the uh, constitu- uh, these guys, these Republicans in Congress, the representatives and the senators, their constituencies are in their ass about Donald Trump day in, day not, day in, day out. There, uh, people are flooding those phones in Washington, saying one thing: we want Donald Trump out. But are these guys and girls listening? No. Eighty percent of the people in this in America wants Donald Trump out of the out of that White House. Even Donald Trump and his family knows. But the Republicans, they're letting this guy just hang on in there until he destroys America as we know it. And then when Donald Trump destroys America, completely destroys America, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to look around for somebody else to blame beside Donald Trump. But we, the people of this country, we know who will be the blame for destroying this country donald trump and his haters donald trump and the and the aiding and abetting uh congressmen and congresswomen in washington that's that's what it's all about but you know uh, i i've i've said so many times on this show that we have to vote uh do uh, we have to vote come November 2018, but November 2018 with Donald Trump in office seems like a million miles, a million years away, excuse me, seems like a million years away. Donald Trump (laughs) will probably have done so much damage to the United States by November 2018 that we probably won't even recognize it. This is why Donald Trump needs to be out immediately. He needs to be out immediately. So if you're listening to this broadcast, whether you're listening live or you're going to podcast it, cast it later, flood those calls into um, the Capitol building, 202-225-3121. Here's another one. I think, do we have another one? Okay, let's see. Okay, we're just going to have to look for another. I think they have a a, a, a comment line, a, a comment 202. Uh, I'm not sure, 202, do we have it here? Okay, oh, we, okay, 202. Okay, we'll just have to look for it later. But anyway, flood those calls, that switchboard at, at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., 202. 202- Two two five three one two one, and demand that Donald Trump be thrown out of office. 
because uh, as I've said on previous shows, this guy and his minions and those folks around there, they're just trashing the White House. They're trashing the United States. They're trashing America. And it's just so hard. And it's really, really hard to see how people can defend Donald Trump. He just stated that he's a Nazi sympathizer. He hasn't apologized for it. He hasn't came out and condemned it. He doubled down on it. And this made us see Donald Trump for what he is. And that's awful. For what he is, to totally Trump awful. And explain yeah. to him that as president of the United States, he represents blacks and Jewish people and Hispanics and people of every color and every creed. And it is his job as president of the United States to stand up for each and every American, to stand up vertically against racism and bigotry. Peddling to racism is just as bad as being a racist. So Donald Trump is either a racist or he's peddling to it, and both are frank, frankly unacceptable and make him unfit to be president of the United States. If you can't be president, if you cannot stand up and represent Americans, you should not be president. And to my party, to the Republicans who are speaking out today, my question is, what the hell took you so long? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. For too long, Republicans in Congress, elected leaders, have looked the other way while a misogynist, racist, bigoted pig is in the White House. Let me tell you, we cannot capitulate the office of the presidency of the United States. We cannot capitulate moral clarity. We cannot capitulate principles. We cannot capitulate Republican values and American values. No piece of legislation no bone that he may throw on policy, no regulation is worth cheapening the office of the United States this way. It is breaking us apart. It is not news that's breaking us apart. It is the president of the United States who is causing this news. So Republicans need to stand up, need to grow a spine, and need to reject him. They don't, I'm tired of hearing Republicans say they're disappointed and disturbed by something he says. You know what? When he invites you to the White House, don't yeah. go. When he invites you to dinner, don't go. Do not stand next to him until he starts behaving in a presidential manner. Go and if he can't, you've got to confront him over and over and over and over again. And, Governor, here's, here's, what, here's what folks are saying. Um, those comments today that were at Trump Tower, in the same place where he launched his presidential campaign in June of 2015, by saying this. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. So, Governor, you know, the folks who his critics are saying he showed us who he was in those comments over two years ago. At least he's consistent. He hasn't changed. Should, and people shouldn't be surprised by his behavior today. They expected it all along. What, did you take with, what yeah. issue do you take with him by saying just what he said? The fact of the matter is, being a border governor, we know that we're not getting the best that what Mexico can send to us. We know that the drug cartels are down there. We know that the rapists are coming across, and then they go to sanctuary cities, and then they head back, and then they come back here again. You know, this is America. The American people ought to be protected also. And I'll and let you respond to that as, as rhetoric. As a Latina, I'll, again, I'll let you again, that, uh, 
Again, Don, uh, life is too short for me to respond uh, to something like that. What I will say is that it, you're exactly right. He showed us during the campaign over and over and over who he was. We saw him boast about sexual predatory behavior. We, we heard him attack Judge Curiel. We heard him attack the cons. We heard him attack Mexicans. We heard him attack women over and over and over again. He showed us who he was. But Republicans, so many Republicans. Look, I have friends here in Miami who voted for him because he was going to change Cuba policy. And he did. But that's not enough. That is not enough because the harm he is causing this country is just too great to look the other way. And many people thought that when he entered the Oval Office, he would become presidential, that the magnitude of his office would make him change and become a presidential figure. Well, six and a half months have gone by, seven months have gone by. You don't change a 71-year-old man. He mm. is not going to change. And it is time that Republicans start realizing yeah, that and, and stop giving him a day if you would like your product service or your book to be mentioned on the George Wilder Jr. show twice a day four days a week <laughs> right here on the George Wilder Jr. show just email the show or email its host for more details thank you Welcome back to the to the George Wilder Jr. show. That's Anna Navarro. I just love her. She tells it like it is. She speaks from her heart. She says the way she thinks it. And that's what I love about her. She just speaks her mind. She doesn't short change. She doesn't short it any kind of way. And that's the way I am. And I've always been that way. I speak my mind about what the hell I'm What's, what's ever on my mind, I don't try to sugarcoat it. I don't try to sound like a statesman. I just came, come out here and I get down in the dirt with the rest of them and I just speak my mind. If you like it, if you don't like it, that's up to you, but I'm going to speak what, um, speak my mind, say what I want to say, express myself in my own uh, uh, way, of course. Um, and I just love her for that. I mean, you, you don't find too many people like her who actually speak their mind. They, they try to be so cutesy about talking, so state, statesman or statesman-like when they speak, and uh, you just know they're phony. But people who actually speak their minds, uh, give their own opinions, say what they want to say and how they should say it, and being direct straight on to the point without beating around the bush or you know, or, or just shooting nonsense out there at us. She is one of those people that I totally admire. I love people when they speak their mind. And even if it hurts, you know, speak your mind. Everybody may not agree with you. Then you may have some people who may just become a fan just because of you speaking your mind and saying what, uh, what is on your mind, being true to yourself. You know, I mean, if you don't like Donald Trump, I don't like Donald Trump. That's speaking your mind. But if you, if you, uh, beating around the bush and you, you, you know that's not speaking your mind that's you trying to evade the question or the answer or whatever the opinion that you might have all right welcome to the george wilder jr show we are we are broadcasting live like i said before folks yesterday we had a few problems on the show um, internet problems it happens it happens it happens i don't apologize to the guest uh uh 
and to the callers uh, of yesterday's show. Uh, I mean, these things happen. I mean, they call them technical difficulties. Is that right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it happens all the time. You know, it happens all the time. All righty. Uh, uh, you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Follow me on Facebook, Black Talk Radio. I'm also on Amazon. Check that stuff out on Amazon. Great stuff, folks. I just got through talking about it. It's great stuff. Nothing political. So you don't have to worry. <laughs> you have to worry about that. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. All right. You're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Um, hi, George. This is Charita Buchanan Moore. How are you? All right. We were expecting hello? you. Uh, hello. Yes, I'm here. I, I am here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, I'm here. I can hear you very, very, very well. You sound great. Thank you so much. Okay, it's Tarita. Okay, no problems. To, to uh, Tarita Buchanan, okay, is on the George Wilder Jr. show. Uh, tell us a little bit of something about yourself. Give us a bio and, uh, you know, and what's been going on. Well, what's been going on, I, uh, I, I completed my first book, which is entitled My Sweet Thoughts of Poetry. Actually, my poetry book was set to be my second book. My first book initially was going to be a widow's story, which that will be my second book coming out. But the poetry book itself uh, allowed me to unlock my writer's block, if you will, because my husband was murdered 11 years ago. And you know, most of you out there who've experienced the loss of a loved one tragically, you it's almost as if you lose your voice. I lost my voice, if you will, because... It was so unexpected and so traumatic that a person who um, had a love for poetry, and it, it was snatched away from me in a sense. So the poetry book itself allowed me to get those emotions out, allowed me to expose myself emotionally to be able to come to terms as to living my life uh, without my spouse, if you will. So I am originally from Chicago. Hello, my Chicago listeners. Um, <laughs> hello, hello, Chicago, hello. Um, Wisconsin. I'm here. I, I am a true shy town girl. Um, I have a master's degree in business management, and I love writing. And I'm ready in my book, My Sweet Thoughts of Poetry, to share my innermost thinking with the world. Okay, so when did you about myself? Okay, when did you first learn that you wanted to do poetry and not anything else? Well, actually, I've been doing poetry ever since I was 12 years old. And okay. every time when I became an adult, I tried to get away from being a poet. But for some reason, I always ran into people that wanted to hear more of my poetry, wanted to know more Um it's almost as if when I speak my poetry, it's like the words are jumping out at you off the pages. So I can't even, it's in me. There's no way I can okay. get away from it. And I love okay. it because I'm excited when I'm doing it. Uh, that's what you have to be. I mean, if you're a writer, whether you're doing fiction, nonfiction, poetry, you have to love what you're doing. Because I, I always say, if you love what you're doing, other people are going to love it. I mean, if you love what you're doing, you're writing, other people are going to see that in your writing that you really enjoy what you're doing. That is true. That is so mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, <coughs> excuse me, could you share a little bit of it with us if you have it with you? 
poetry? Oh, yes, I could. I, uh, okay. I, yeah, I, have, I have a lot of pieces. But the fun one that I'm most appreciative about is Loving Me. Loving Me, um, the setup of my book, it's, it's, it's like my innermost thinking, which are my meditation moments that serves as an introduction to each poem. So it's an introduction to each poem. So I took those innermost thinkings and turned it in more so in a, in a put it in a poetic flow. So one that's really dear to my heart is um, loving me because I, I love being me. And it's my meditation moments to not appreciate the magnificently sculpted image that God has created will be to not appreciate your own existence. George, if I were a man, I would want me to. Loving myself is, is a beautiful thing. <laughs> so I love oh, being wow. me. Yeah, from the well, you sound like... of my lips. Yes, I do. I was going from the luscious of my lips to the wideness of my hips, cornbread complexion. I'm sweet on me. Almond okay, is that in your... brown eyes and yes, this is, is in my a... book. Oh, that's a poem. Okay, I mean, I'm thinking. <laughs> yes, it's a poem. George, yes, I was warming you up. I was giving you one of my fun, my fun poems that I love okay, being I, me. So to all my, I, um, uh, my, um, <laughs> I thought you were describing yourself to me. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was describing myself in okay. one of my favorite poems, which I was. I didn't know it was a poem. I thought which you were describing yourself. It didn't sound like a poem. Oh, but yes. Go, go right oh, yes. I am poetry. Although I'm poetry in motion, okay. I am, George. I was, okay. you know, I was warming you up with my <laughs> most enjoyable poem. Oh, I was so getting you hot. Ready? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, let me let me <laughs> let me finish because this is one that I really love because it okay. inspired me to continue to be me. So loving me. I love being me. From the luscious of my lips to the wideness of my hips, cornbread complexion, I'm sweet on me. Almond shaped brown eyes and big juicy thighs. Oh my my my. I'm loving this compelling image of self. Beautiful round face, high cheekbone, structured upon this caramel skin. Mm, 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 mm. One and a half deep dimples, the taste of the rainbow's skittles. I'm killing you softly with my quiet whispers. I'm more than just a pretty face, a mental force to be reckoned with. I'm the ish, thoroughbred, vision-fed. Everything positioned in its right place. A mere whisper in the wind, I'll take your breath away. Picture perfect, I am God's masterpiece. A timeless beauty for the world to see. As I look in the mirror, there's no one else I'd rather be other than the magnificent me. You like that, George? Yeah, I was mesmerized. I mean, I was just sitting back, taking Are it you? all in. Okay. <laughs> Can you visualize that? So let me bring you back. Can you visualize that? That's one of my favorite because for all of my, my, uh, my well, um, curvaceous women out there, love who you are. Every curve, every groove, everything yeah. that God has made you unique. So you're kind of describing yeah. yourself as you see, saw yourself or see yourself. Yes. Absolutely. In that particular point, as you see yourself. And you would like other women to do the same thing, to see themselves as, as yes. being beautiful. Absolutely. Because anything that uh, God has created is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, 
It sounds great. Uh, how how are people reacting to your uh, uh, sweet thoughts of poetry? Well, I'm getting a, a great reaction from it, and I'm mm -hmm. so happy about it because my mm -hmm. my true hope and desire is that all the pain I went through, I don't look like. You know, we always use that term. You don't look like what you've gone through, and I'm so grateful today that I don't look like what I've gone through. Things that I went through, I should have lost my mind. There's no way that this book should have been out, but it came out. And if sharing my story, my pain, and people seeing my ups and downs and, and being on this journey with me, if it can encourage one person, then I know all the pain I went through, all the things that I had to experience would not be in vain. So that is truly my yeah. hope and desire. Uh, it, it looks like your hope and desire is going to be realized because th this sounds good. This sounds great. And uh, you Thank say you. you're working on a second book. You say you're working on a second one. Yes. Yes. The second book is entitled um, A Widow's Story. Um, uh -huh. The second book is more so the story how my husband was murdered, protecting our neighbors uh -huh. from the burglar inside their home and me finding his body. So the poetry wow. book is more so of you're going on the up and down slopes with me of I talk about how you must forgive and it and it's it's really a hard task to forgive, but when you forgive those who have hurt you, you begin to live a more mental free life. Because when you hold unforgiveness in you, you it's like you you're stuck in this mental captivity where you're existing you but say you're truly not living. When you say forgive someone, you're talking about the the per persons or persons who probably took your husband's lives to forgive these yes. kinds of people. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, how 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 do how does a person actually forgive somebody who breaks into their home and kills their family? That's that's kind of hard. I think it was twofold because I had to get reach a level of forgiveness for my neighbors because I, I mm -hmm. felt like had he not saved another family, he would still be here. But over the years, God really have changed my heart because sometimes you, we question a lot of things and we don't understand a lot of things. And Sometimes that understanding can kill that lack of, of not knowing the whys and the hows. If you stay in that place, I really believe that it will slowly begin to kill you. So I made a conscious decision a few years ago. It took me a while. I'm not saying that it was easy. That if I allow this very thing to kill me, then that individual just did not murder my husband, but he would have killed me and my sons as well if I would have let that thing continue to kill the very essence of who I am. Does that make sense, mm -hmm. George? Because, because Yeah, that makes a lot of you, sense, uh, Tarita. So I decided, I decided, uh, I made a conscious decision, I could either rise above this tragically, and, and, and I am my, um, I tell anyone who have suffered grief, you never really get over. I don't think you personally get over it. Time just allow will allow you to live through it. 
but it yeah. still will be some sense of pain that will remain you because you cannot erase anyone's um, years of existence in their life. But however, I'm grateful to be at a place where I no longer allow what had happened to me, that hurt that happened to me become me because I, looking back, I remember those days when I was totally broken and I was always this happy, um, loving soul, but that, that hate and that anger and, and all of those emotions, it was killing the very essence of myself. So when I get up every day and I try to live a joyous life, it, it allows me to continue to walk in my purpose, although it was so much pain on this world to doing my purpose. So I would say that you, I, I wanted to be free mentally, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. And you say you have a master's degree in business? Yes, I do. Are you currently in business? Or are you, yes. or are you trying to I'm make your writing a business? Um, writing is my business as well, although I uh -huh. do work um, as a quality assurance analyst. But my first love mm -hmm. will always be writing because writing allows me to encourage and reach the masses because that is my desire. I, I really have always enjoyed uplifting and encouraging individuals. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always been that type of individual. So, no, like I stated earlier, there's no way that I can get away from it because it's who I am. Yeah, I think and writing is who I, I am. That's why I say too, I love so. it. Yeah, I do too. And I yes, because you I hope fall you in keep... love with it, right? Yeah, you fall in love with it because you know I've told people a thousand times that it, the reason why I love writing, and it, and I keep writing because it's fun. It's interesting. You know, I mean. Yes. I, I wouldn't yes. do it if it wasn't fun. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't interesting. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think my writing could move other people. Um, yes. and, and that's what it's all about is trying to move and help other people along in their lives. If, if you think that they are uh, suffering from something similar that, than what you have suffered through. So you want to help those people because you've experienced uh, this, kind of, this kind of thing and you want them to know that you experienced it, that you know what it's all about. And you can give them a helping hand along the way through your writing. Yes. Yes. That is so true because we all, everything that we experience, everything that we go through, it's not just for us. It's, it's to help someone else. It's for us. Yeah, to I agree. I totally to one agree. another. I agree. Uh, tell everybody where we can go get some more information about this, where we can find your books and all that kind of thing. Yes, you can find My Sweet Thought Support. You can find it on my website, and that's www.TaritaBuchananMore, mm -hmm. and that's T-E-R-I-T-A-B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N-M-O-O-R-E.com, or you can go to www.PWNBooks.com, and that's P-W-N. Book, books, which is B-O-O-K-S dot com. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about Amazon? And you can not there me, yet? And Amazon, not there yet. We'll be in um, Barnes & okay. Nobles at the end of this month. You can reach me, but if you want to purchase the book now, you can go to my website 
or www.pwnbooks.com and look for me in Barnes and Noble at the end of this month. We, okay, one more question. Recently released. Yes. Okay, one, one more question. Uh, tell us something about your book. Uh, there's a lot of books out there probably similar to the ones you've written. So what would make your book stand out from all the rest? Your book of poetry. What's going to make my my book of poetry will stand out on its own in its own uniqueness because it's my truth. And that, that truth meaning we as individuals need to learn how to be transparent because there's power in being vulnerable. And in my book, it's, it's for everyone. It's, it, I, I honestly believe that you will come to uh, appreciate my humor through pain, you will come to know my faith and my love and trust in God. You will uh, experience my strength and, and my triumph through things in, in my, my sweet thoughts of poetry. And most importantly, you will fall in love with my heart. And in this evil, wicked world that we're living in now, we need a little bit more love and genuineness. And with me, I'm open, I'm honest. I, I, I have my love for God, but then you'll see me as a human. Because a lot of times, self-help books will be out there, but individuals will withhold their their truth. They don't want to be completely open and transparent. And as I state, I do believe it's so much power in our vulnerability, in our vulnerability. And I allow myself to be vulnerable. You will come to understand who I and anyone in here can relate to everything that I'm speaking about. It's universal. It's truly yeah. universal. So you'll be able to see that. That okay, in uh, its own uniqueness. Okay, author Tarita Buchanan on the George Wilder yes. Junior Show. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for being here. And good luck. Thank you, George, for helping me. And thank you for having me. Have a good one. Nope. No bye. problem. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Tarita Buchanan on the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want to thank my guest, Tarita Buchanan. She was great, beautiful. I wish her all the luck with her uh, uh, book of poetry uh, and uh, all of that. All right. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Hate has no home here. Be nice to one another. It is so easy. Collectively, we all have 
the power to stand up to what is right and to stand down to what is wrong. Lies and hate will not take over America. And that is so true. Lies and hate, bigotry. Uh, I mean, you got a handful of people out there that's doing these kinds of things. And uh, it will not take over America. It will not rule America. Uh, the people of, of America, of the United States, we're not going to let that happen. I mean, you're going to have all the hate groups out here, Nazi sympathizers, the bigots, the racist, white supremacists, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. They will not take over America. But as I've said in a Facebook post, Trump uh, proved to the world what he is. We always known it because his rallies uh, signified a lot of this stuff. We've always known it. And uh, he is, uh, we always knew that he was what he is. We always knew it. So why are we so surprised? You know, but uh, some of this did uh, uh, surprise us. But now that we know, we know what this is like. And we cannot give, we cannot go back, period. We can, I mean, Jimmy Fallon, and I don't watch much of Jim, Jimmy Fallon, the late night show host, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, he was on the other night and he was, I mean, this. usually he's being silly. But this time he was very, very serious, especially when he was talking about the Charlotte uh, incident. And I'm being serious on this show. Uh, there's no call for that kind of thing. Hatred. And I mean, a, a young woman was was uh, mowed down in a crowd by a driver. This guy is going to jail forever. But still in all, this was white on white crime, okay? But you don't see much of that. But with Donald Trump, you're going to see a lot of that. I mean, Donald Trump is the ringleader of these hate groups out there. He hasn't come out yet and denied any of them. He doesn't give a damn. They're his voters. They're the people who put him over the top. Even though he got, even though there were some black people who also put him over the top, but they voted for him, and he knows it. These crazy people out here, uh, loony, these Looney Tunes, uneducated, wild, wild ass, crazy looking people. These are his supporters, and they're most of them are haters, white supremacists, racists, KKK. I mean, Donald Trump has emboldened these kinds of groups. He has brought these kinds of groups to life, Donald Trump. You know, and he's not ashamed. The man is not ashamed of being what the hell he is. He's telling himself, well, you voted for me. You knew I was a racist. You knew I was a bigot. You knew I was a pathological liar. You knew I was a rapist. He always talking about, if you think about it, he always talking about saying that Mexicans uh, Mexico sends is they don't send their brightest. They send druggy drug addicts. They send rapists. Donald Trump is a rapist his damn self. I mean, remember when he was last year, he talked about when he was running that uh, video over and over again, when he was getting off a bus with Billy Bush and he was saying that women let him grab their pussies because he's a celebrity. That's, that's a sexual predator. And we got a sexual predator uh, among a big bigot uh, in the White House. And I just know for a fact that uh, those those telephones, 
that switchboard, those telephones in Washington, D.C., people are calling, people are protesting. People are out here right now as I'm on the doing the show. They are protesting Donald Trump. They're saying, get that. <laughs> they're saying, get him out of there. But the Republicans in Congress pretending like they don't hear this. You know, I've said this several times. There's 324 million people in the United States. 324 million. Take one or two here or there, but there's 324 million people in America. And there's only a few bullies in Washington, D.C. Now, you tell me who has the most power. The people have the most power. We are more than those few uh, people in Congress. So if the Republicans don't do the right thing in impeaching Trump, I don't think they're going to do it. You know, they're, they always are saying, well, uh, what he did and said was bad. We don't like it. We condemn it. Condemn it. This man has been making an, making an idiot out of you people since day one. Making America the laughing stock of the world. If this had been anybody else, he would have been impeached by now. So the only thing that I can say is what I've been saying all the time. Vote. Vote, vote, vote in 2018 to vote every one of them scoundrels out of Congress. If Donald Trump is still in office by then, he will have a Republican Congress to deal with and they will impeach him. They will impeach him. And I've said this, uh, Republicans should never be voted back into office. I mean, they have really, really overstayed their welcome to do nothing but aid and abet a criminal, a thug, someone, someone who is grossly corrupt, someone who's being investigated by the Department of Justice, someone who has obstructed justice, in case anybody has forgotten. He is still being investigated. His family is still being investigated by special counselor, prosecutor, Robert Mueller. And then again, Trump is still trying to, he's trying to change the narrative. He's, he's trying to uh, distract again. That's all he does. But the more he's, <laughs> but the more this guy distract is a more, <laughs> is, is he looks even more guilty. Oh, he's guilty. Trump, Trump is guilty as hell. Even Donald Trump knows he's guilty. But he knows that the Republicans are going to protect him. The Republicans are going to keep him keep him in office, even though the 80% of the American people said throw his ass out. You've got people going around uh, defending Trump, defending him being uh being a uh, racist, defending him, employing, uh, giving jobs to white supremacists, white nationalists, racists and bigots in his office, in the Oval Office, surrounding him. 
forgive him for that. But the American people will not forgive him that. The, the American people, we're not haters. There's a handful out here, and uh, they're following Donald Trump lead. They're thanking Donald Trump. Oh, Donald Trump, thank you for not throwing us in jail. You know, I mean, when this woman got killed over the weekend in Charlotte, uh, Virginia, you know, a lot of us were saying Donald Trump had blood on his hands because they were for him. What they were doing was what he wanted them to do. I mean, they thank this guy. They thank, thank you, Donald. We're going to hate some more. And now these hate groups emboldened by Donald Trump, they're going to be out here next week starting trouble. They say that uh, they're glad that this woman died and that Donald Trump uh, 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 gave his support in some ways. This is just crazy. What the hell is going on in the United States? America, I mean, America has been brought to its knees and these Republicans in Congress they are just as to blame because they will do nothing whatsoever about Donald Trump. They have the power to get that man out of office, to save face in America, to save America itself. They refuse. Even though they don't like what Donald Trump is saying, even though they don't agree with what he says or what he's doing or what he's have done or the prosec or, or all of these investigations, by the time we get to November 2018, Donald, this country is going to be such a mess, you're not going to recognize it. And obviously, Republicans are going to try to cheat and lie their way back in the office. It ain't going to happen. Because if Donald Trump is still in office uh, uh, November 2018, it's going to be a tsunami of Democrats in both houses. Even if they win just the um, House of Representatives, Donald Trump is going to have a difficult time going, going further. But I'm banking for some reason. My thinking is that Donald Trump will not make it the 2018, November 2018, he's either going to be impeached or he's going to resign. Is my thinking. Oh, hold on. All right, you're on the George Walter Jr. show. Go right ahead. You're on. Hello? Yeah, go right ahead. Hi, I was here to support Sarita Buchanan Moore. Is she on right now? She's she's been on and gone. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> sorry about Thank that. Bye bye. Okay. okay, let's do this. So we will be ready. <laughs> Like I said, folks, I just love Anna Navarro. I mean, I think that she is she is one of the 
uh, straight talking. She, I was surprised to find out that she's a Republican. You know, she sounds more like a liberal. And uh, but uh, the way she speaks and the way she talks, um, she's she sounds if she could actually be in just an independent because a lot of people are uh, leaving their Republican Party. A lot of people are leaving the Democratic Party to become independents because they can't stand either party. I'm an independent. I, I will never, ever call myself a Democrat or a Republican because uh, both parties uh they have their problems with me you know um democrats are too weak they they're spineless i mean you take barack obama i mean this is the this is a time where barack obama could shine he could shine i mean he could be another martin luther king but he's afraid uh i i, I think i think he's a coward this is a time for him to shine but he refuses. I mean, even his eight years in as president, I always thought Barack Obama was was not as good as he sh could have been. I don't think he's done anything for black people. I mean, you find black people all over the uh, America. Uh, they'll say that Barack, Barack Obama has done exactly nothing for them. Actually, Barack Obama left us with Donald Trump. It might not have been his fault, but you can't deny that. You, know, you can't deny that Barack Obama did not leave us with Donald Trump. He did. He may not. He may not wanted to do this. He didn't want to see Donald Trump. But Donald Trump, hey, came after uh, his presidency. You so, but uh, regardless, I I think uh, Donald uh, I, uh, Donald Trump. I got Donald Trump on the mind, folks. I think Barack Obama. Uh, missed his calling here. I mean, he can come out and be a great, great uh, leader for the people of the United States against Donald Trump. There's people out there begging Barack Obama to come on out. We need you. We need you for the resistance. We need you to help us fight Barack, uh, to help us fight Donald Trump. He won't do it. He will not do it. Because why? He's a coward. He's afraid, for one thing. He thinks he's so loved, and he thinks he's so loved, and so many people, so uh, so many people uh, love him and cherish him, and he should not think that. Because there's a lot of people out here who do not. A lot of people think that he missed his chance as president to uh, do something for African Americans in which African-Americans voted for him in droves on both both times. And he's done exactly nothing. And uh, a lot of people uh, uh, did not vote for Hillary because they, they felt that they were gonna be getting a third term of Barack Obama. And uh, I mean, I, I didn't want that either. So, but I did vote for Hillary because I knew how bad Donald Trump was. And I was just shocked as anybody uh, on the night that they said that he was president. I could have just died. <laughs> I think a lot of people could have. But um, it was just shocking. It, and it's still shocking that we have come so low. America has fell so far down into the... Uh, 
vows of hell with this man is just it's just unreal. It's totally unreal. Let me talk to Donald Trump and explain to him that as president of the United States, he represents blacks and Jewish people and Hispanics and people of every color and every creed. And it is his job as president of the United States to stand up for each and every American, to stand up vertically against racism and bigotry. Peddling to racism is just as bad as being a racist. So Donald Trump is either a racist or he's peddling to it, and both are frank, frankly unacceptable and make him unfit to be president of the United States. If you can't be president, if you cannot stand up and represent Americans, you should not be president. And to my party, to the Republicans who are speaking out today, my question is, what the hell took you so long? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. For too long, Republicans in Congress, elected leaders, have looked the other way while a misogynist, racist, bigoted pig is in the White House. Let me tell you, we cannot capitulate the office of the presidency of the United States. We cannot capitulate moral clarity. We cannot capitulate principles. We cannot capitulate Republican values and American values. No piece of legislation no bone that he may throw on policy, no regulation is worth cheapening the office of the United States this way. It is breaking us apart. It is not news that's breaking mm -hmm. us apart. It is the president of the United States who is causing this news. So Republicans need to stand up, need to grow a spine, and need to reject him. They don't, I'm tired of hearing Republicans say they're disappointed and disturbed by something he says. You know what? When he invites you to the White House, don't yeah. go. When he invites you to dinner, don't go. Do not stand next to him until he starts behaving in a presidential manner. Go and if he can't, you've got to confront him over and over and over and over again. And, Governor, here's, here's, what, here's what folks are saying. Um, those comments today that were at Trump Tower, in the same place where he launched his presidential campaign in June of 2015, by saying this. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. So, Governor, you know, the folks who are his critics are saying he showed us who he was in those comments over two years ago. At least he's consistent. He hasn't changed. Should, and people shouldn't be surprised by his behavior today. They expected it all along. What, do you take with, what issue do you take with him by saying just what he said? The fact of the matter is, being a border oh. governor, we know that we're not getting the best that what Mexico can send to us. We know that the drug cartels are down there. We know that the rapists are coming across, and then they go to sanctuary cities, and then they head back, and then they come back here again. You know, this is America. The American people ought to be protected also. And I'll and let you respond to that. as as rhetoric... As a Latina, I'll, again, I'll again, uh, again, Don, uh, life is too short for me to respond uh, to something like that. What I will say is that it, you're exactly right. 
He showed us during the campaign over and over and over who he was. We saw him boast about sexual predatory behavior. We, we heard him attack Judge Curiel. We heard him attack the cons. We heard him attack Mexicans. We heard him attack women. Over and over and over again, he showed us who he was. But Republicans, so many Republicans, look, I have friends here in Miami who voted for him because he was going to change Cuba policy. And he did. But that's not enough. That is not enough because the harm he is causing this country is just too great to look the other way. And many people thought that when he entered the Oval Office, he would become presidential, that the magnitude of his office would make him change and become a presidential figure. Well, six and a half months have gone by, seven months have gone by. You don't change a 71-year-old man. He mm. is not going to change. And it is time that Republicans start realizing yeah, and, that and stop giving him a damn chance and, he's not going to change he will continue that, embarrassing us and making us feel ashamed governor and, and governor you're okay with everything he said today wow i am i am uh, from everything that i heard i don't have a problem with it but the fact of the matter is is that all of this rhetoric is all sour grapes because it's just continually coming through um the networks uh, across our country and he was duly elected he is uh, the president of the United States and for people to use some of the verbiage that they've used Anna is a Republican a long-time Republican is destroying by the way. Our, I understand that I, now you lost my I lost you said my that so, you said it's destroying our president we need to pardon I was just trying to help you complete your thought <laughs> It's just, it's she just, doesn't have they, a thought. <laughs> she really across, doesn't. It sincerely comes across that everybody's she's candidate didn't process, win. And she's a former so governor. Go after of, the president. Real bad on Every little issue. She doesn't there's have code words. There's dog whistles. She's a Trump there's, you know, this and this that. I mean, my God, I've lived again a long time, and I've never oh, ever seen woman, uh, part of our country behave in this manner to this extent. Oh. It's over the top, and it's disturbing. And so many there are people who are watching, Governor, uh, who will say that they, they sounds like you're talking about Donald Trump and those people who are out there with torches the other night. Well, those are bad people. Those are bad, bad people. I mean, nobody is going to say Sound that like she don't have a fifth of vodka. Tiki lights are good people. <laughs> Nobody should say that. I mean, the president said that today. He said there were some good people let, let, let me just let me just say this. I do not think. Well, Go ahead, Anna. Any American, wait, Jan, I don't interrupt you, so please give me the same respect that I've given you, which has taken enormous restraint. I haven't on my interrupted part. you, Anna. I, I, haven't, I haven't interrupted you. All right, you. great. Then let, me, then let me finish my thought because I can actually keep my train of thought. Uh, one of the things he did today, yeah. by the way, was also come after and attack the senior senator from Arizona who is battling brain cancer right now. I find that offensive, not only as a friend of John McCain's, but as an American. I find it offensive as a human with empathy. I find it offensive for my friend Cindy and Megan McCain. I find it unacceptable. And if anybody is going to ask me to respect Donald Trump because he's president, first I would say to them, tell him 
to respect the presidency. Mm -hmm. Tell him to respect the American people. Tell him to treat his office with the dignity that it deserves. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny than you hold him. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny when it comes to rhetoric than you hold him. He is the one that is dividing us. Are it you? is not us. Believe me, I got over Jeb Bush years ago, okay? He ran a terrible campaign. If you think this is sour grapes over Jeb Bush, you are sorely mistaken. This is pain over what is happening in the United States of America, a country that embraced me and that is today my homeland. <laughs> Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. My son has been um, arrested for walking while black. Um, so well, I get a, a, it. A lot of sons have been Yeah, arrested. I get it. I mean, it doesn't make me, you know, you can't buy your way out of this one. You can't educate your way out of it. Um, it's just it's, happening too much, or at least we know about it now. It's, it's always happened. Um, we see more evidence of it. And too often, people still are inclined to say, well, if he'd had a different attitude, well, if he hadn't been driving, well, if he hadn't been this, if he hadn't been that, almost as if the victim is partially to blame. You know, in the case of Garner, well, he shouldn't have resisted. In the case of Brown, well, where was he? In the case of Trayvon, well, he had a hood on, you know, and in the case of whoever, you know, in case of uh, Sandra Bland, you know, well, her attitude was better. It's like, no, stop, stop. This has nothing to do with the victims. This has everything to do with the culture of demeaning a person of color. And, and there is no justification for a society where my son has a far greater chance of being stopped, held, killed than your son, simply because he's black. All righty, that was uh, a drum roll. <laughs> okay, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. You can always follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here on Block Talk Radio. There's a something you can click follow, follow. You know what I mean? Hey, well, now I'll follow you right back. You follow me, I'll follow you right back. Um, not literally, but, uh, you know, by clicking follow. <laughs> All righty, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's 714 straight up. PM in the city of Chicago. It is still a great day. It's been raining. It's been cloudy, but it's beautiful outside. And it's been one, I want to say it again, it's been one, at least let's take a lighter note right now. We've been talking about Donald Trump and uh, stuff like that. And uh, we need to, we, we need to really know that there's other things in the world to talk about. 
and the, and other positive things that that in the world that should be talked about beside just uh, Donald Trump. You know, but Donald Trump is the I mean, he's the elephant in the room. I mean, he takes up all the air. I mean, you can't hardly talk about anything else, especially when your happiness is being take to, taken away from you, you know. And uh, I mean, that's everybody's everybody's. I mean, Donald Trump is a racist and he has racist friends um, and he has emboldened a lot of racists around the country. So I've said this, you know, uh, I think he has actually put a lot of our lives in danger. Mine also. Just walking down the streets of America, I mean, you can be confronted by a hate group uh, anywhere uh, in America, uh, you know, because Donald Trump has emboldened them. So I would say anytime that you're out and about, be careful. You never know the person whom somebody might be approaching you from the front, from the back, and just knock you in the head, you know, a Donald Trump supporter, uh, somebody who hates because their president is one and he has emboldened them. He has instructed them to do damage uh, to just ordinary Americans because they're not the same color, the same creed, same national nationality as they are. But you know what? I've said this before too. Um, I mean, you, a lot of these white national nationalist groups, these white people, white haters who hate Jews, hate blacks, Mexicans, Chinese, anybody, uh, uh, they are arguing that they want to take their country back. I can say this. I mean, if anybody out there reads history or know history, they would know that the Indians were in America first. They and the white man came along and took it from them. So if you really want to get technical about it, if you really want to go into history about it, you can say this country actually belongs to the Indians, the Native Americans. They were here first until the white man came along and swindled them out of it. And now the white man, the white man, the these white nationals groups, these white white supremacists, they want to swindle the <laughs> they want to swindle black people, um, uh, Jewish people, um, uh, Chinese. They want to swindle us out of America. You know, uh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it's it's just a shame that. The Republicans in Congress want to take us back a hundred years. That is so crazy. That is so, and it's not going to happen. America, America is not going to let it, it happen. The people of America is not going to let that happen. You know, but Trump and his goons and his thugs, I mean, it, in the White House, in Trump's White House, it's like the Godfather. I mean, if you've seen that 1972 Godfather movie with Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, uh, Robert Duvall, and some other folks, Robert uh, James Kahn. Uh, uh, and I think the director was Francis, Court, Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, the Godfather, just the Godfather. I mean, that's what is, if you've seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. That's the atmosphere <laughs> in the White House. That is true. At least it makes you feel like that's the atmosphere. Gangsters, the mobster, uh, uh, the mafia, 
uh, you know, Donald Trump is Don Corleone. Uh, he's playing the part of Marlon Brando. <laughs> you can, <laughs> I've said it all along that they were thugs and criminals and, and, and crooks in the White House. And it has been proven true. <laughs> you know, it has been proven true. I don't pretty much say anything that I don't believe in. Even if I'm not sure about it, I'll say it. And then, you know, down the road a little bit, it will come to fruition. It will come true. You know, so we've got the godfather <laughs> in the White House. I mean, if someone asked me, came up to me and said, George, would you like to go and work for Donald Trump? I would say, hell no. I wouldn't work for Donald Trump. I don't care how much damn money you'd be making. Come to think of it, a lot of people right now are quitting under Donald Trump. They're leaving. I mean, they are leaving. You still have, Donald Trump still have uh, unfilled post, post in the government. There are still jobs that need to be filled that he hasn't filled yet. And they probably will never be filled because nobody is going to want them because nobody is going to want to work for and with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is mean, nasty, rude. Uh, he yells and screams and he throws tantrums. I mean, who would want to work for somebody like that? And he will throw you under the bus quicker than the bus could roll over you. This man don't give a damn about anybody. He will throw you. You think you got a friend in Donald Trump? You do not. And a lot of people are learning that right now. I mean, it's so many people in government who do not like Donald Trump, who do who cannot stand him. But still, they will not do anything about him. They still, still, they will not remove him. Even with all the shouts and hollers, call phone calls, rallies, and protests about getting rid of this man, they will not do it. Their own constituency from their own districts are saying, hey, well, get rid of Donald Trump. They will not do it. They'll come up with all kind of excuses or lies to try to say we should keep Donald Trump in office. But they can keep Donald Trump in office. They will pay for it come 2018. It's going to be a tsunami of Democrats or independents that's going to wipe these son of guns out. How do I know? How do I know? I can say, I just know. I mean, if you, if, if you go by social media, which is a powerful force, that's one way uh, of knowing what's going on. And people in general, how they feel about America, their health insurance, I, I'm going to tell you, this is this is a non-starter. I mean, you've got races around the country right now where Democrats are ahead in strongholds that are held by Republicans. You can see the downfall of Republicans right now because they are hanging on to the coattails of Donald Trump. You're going to have to let go of his coattails or you're going, you're going down. Donald Trump's approval rating is lower than it has ever been. 
but he's still in office. The majority of the people in America want this guy out of office. They want this guy out of office. But but the Republicans in Congress, they hear, but they're turning a blind eye to it all. And that is what's going to cause their political demise. Believe me. Believe me. Because we are out here to take our country back from this madman, this clown, this buffoon, this liar, this bigot, this racist. We are back to take we we are here to take our country back, regardless whether Republicans in Congress do anything or not. We are the people. We have the power. We're power in numbers. They're going to have to listen to us. At some point, if they don't. Then November 2018, their asses will be out of a job. That means that they will be out of their great health care. They won't have their universal health care. They'll be thrown out into the streets because they hooked onto a man that nobody in America liked or wanted. I mean, you got people, you've got leaders around the world who are uh, are dissing. Donald Trump. So it's not just people in America. It's not just the George Wilder Jr. show. It's folks all around the world, all around the globe. People are paying attention to what's going on here in America because they know we got a clown and an idiot and a fool and a racist for a president. So they're paying attention and laughing. They are laughing their asses off. You know what? And I can't blame them. If I was <laughs> if I was in uh, Canada or Germany or Australia somewhere looking on into America, I'd be busting a gut too. But it's not funny when you are here in America and you are an Amer- American. This is embarrassing. I've heard so many people say this. He's just Donald Trump embarrasses the United States to its core. And he keeps on doing it because he is who he is. He is what he is. There is no changing this man. I mean, there is no talking to Donald Trump. There's no reasoning with Donald Trump. You just have to accept him. He thinks he's smarter than the he thinks he's smarter than his lawyers. He thinks he's smarter than the military men around him. He thinks he's smarter. <laughs> than the uh, Department of Justice. He thinks he's smarty. And he's the dumbest clown ever. And <laughs> there is no doubt about it. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And he's the most stupidest guy in the room because he will not listen to other people, not even his lawyers. He thinks he's smarter than his lawyers. And Donald Trump don't know crap about law. I don't even know if he went to college. But I know damn well he didn't go to law school. You know, so he thinks he's smarter than everybody. But we all know he's a big dummy. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Here we go, folks. Heaven help the child who 
Everybody for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want to thank my callers. I want to thank my guests, Tarita Buchanan. It was great. I hope you guys join me tomorrow on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.